welcome to the Bloody Podcast. <laughs> totally seamless. Did not mess that up. <laughs> you never do. I never do. <laughs> uh, and you know why I don't never do? Because I always mention that I don't mess it up in the beginning. It's right. Uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is our part two of teachers who have sex with students. And we are going to be covering exclusively Mary Kay Letourneau. And we brought back the one, the only Amanda Barnes. Thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I get a double dose. I know. Yeah. Mm. Very exciting. Tasty. <laughs> this time you are in studio. Yes, I am. It's very fancy <laughs> in here. Technically, yes. Yes. Yeah. The studio of my living room. You have refreshments. That's all you need in a studio. Yeah, That's true. pretty yeah. much. And so we're going to be diving into Mary Kay Letourneau, who had sex with her then 13 year old student mm. i was gonna ask why aren't you calling them female pedophiles that's what they are well i mean that's what they are but, but I like, feel like you keep seeing women who have sex with students while you were researching it like it like they're not pedophiles no they are pedophiles. that's what we're saying they are pedophiles i just feel like it's like a broader we we talked about in in the first part of this episode we went actually on a big long like kind of rant about that actual specific thing oh yeah which is that um i'm just saying like i'm glad you're i'm glad you're calling it out in case people didn't listen to part one because who doesn't just want to listen to mary kate Letourneau? yeah subject Cut i get it. that too but yeah if you didn't listen to the first one we talked a lot about that and it's uh, unfair because we talked about how uh male teachers get labeled pedophiles and female teachers that do this usually just get labeled as like hot cougars yeah. cougars yeah. uh-huh yeah. and it's predatory behavior and it is we're talking about it and that's one of the things that kind of upset me about this this whole thing is that there was so much support for this like even people support people supporting mary kay letourneau yeah a lot of people were like well because uh, as we'll find out Vili falau he he made a bet quote-unquote quote-unquote with his friends because he was so chummy chummy with mary kay that he was like i bet you i could have sex with her and so they're using that as like a like well i mean you know as the he made a bet guys yeah. i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know about that part yeah <laughs> well we're gonna learn we're yeah. gonna learn. who's excited this guy (laughs) (laughs) you have a lot you have a lot to talk about i do i'm i this well this is the one i remember i remember growing up with this case and being really fascinated by it and i think that's just you know kind of the age that we are maybe yeah it was Um, in the news a lot mm -hmm. she she's a uh it's gonna be shocking which is a blonde i was just gonna say i was just gonna tell i was just gonna say guess yeah (laughs) she got a shit ton of media coverage Guess uh, and she has sympathy from the press. So yeah. guess uh, that's true. Yeah. Guess what she, she looks like? She's blonde and skinny, mm-hmm. dark skinned Filipino woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she <laughs> when? Oh, okay. So okay. So how's it? So you're gonna walk us through kind of like I'm gonna walk us through. And- so let's let's start from the beginning, guys. Let's go way back to the beginning of time for Mary Kay. She was ma- born. She was married. She was born. Mary Kay. Mary. Catherine Schmitz, January 30th, 1962, in Tustin, California. Orange County. Yeah. 
<laughs> she was the fourth of seven children. She, her brothers were Joseph E. Schmitz, Philip Schmitz, Eugenia Boston, Jerome T. Schmitz. Fun fact about Jerome was that when he was 23 and working as a staff member for the San Francisco Scientology mission, his parents threatened to sue the Church of Scientology for alienating him from his family in the Catholic Church. Hmm. Teresa May. Manian. There's your reason why she became a pedophile. Her brother yeah. was a Scientologist. I mean, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that was it. So we're going to just jump to the assault then. Uh, <laughs> Teresa, <laughs> Teresa Manian, John P. Schmitz, Elizabeth Krnkovich. What was that? <laughs> Krnkovich. C-R-N-K-O-V-I-C-H. Krnkovich. I'm telling you that's what it is. It's what it really is? <laughs> I, I, what other way could it be, guys? Come on. It's Krnkovich. Stop swallowing your words. (laughs) John George Stuckel and Tim Schmitz. So those were all siblings. Those are all her siblings. How many? So what is she? She's She's the fourth of seven. Damn. Yeah. So uh, another another important point to make was that Mary Kay says that when she was seven, she had a sexual encounter with one of her older brothers. She saw his penis and he began fondling her later. Mm. She downplayed the importance of the incident saying I was not forced into anything, but when I decided it was wrong, I said no. And guess what? It stopped. So I think this is the beginning or we see that like her childhood sort of and other things in her childhood, as we'll see in the future, sort of lend it to like she just doesn't understand what's right and wrong. Well, also, like even the phrasing, if she says I had a sexual experience with this person when I was seven, that's not a sexual experience. No, no, that's yeah. a rape. That's a rape or molestation. Yes. It's yeah. an attack. You know, it's like the language is important. Yeah. No, the language is definitely important. Yeah, she probably noticed that too and chose her words wisely. Yeah. It's interesting that they name all of her brothers when she has said that she had that happen by one of her brothers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she doesn't say the name of the brother, you know, so but there's just seven wives out there like, oh, I hope I'm not married to the yeah, bad yeah. one. <laughs> uh, did you see what Mary Kay said? Um, First so, she came over here and offered me her cosmetics and I told her there was shit and then she told me that no, my no. husband no. raped her. I'm putting, I'm putting the kibosh on it now. We are not doing any Mary Kay styled humor. I on- love Mary Kay. <laughs> I love it. It's really good. It's it is really good. Good cosmetics. Is that why you're saying no? Because you don't want me to make fun of no. Your I face just cream? I, no. I was just being facetious. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, I just uh, driving up here. I was like, you know, Mary Kay sounds a lot like the Mary Kay cosmetics. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. No, I'm. T- it's been a long day, guys. Uh, so her mother was. Mary E. Niesauer, a chemist who built Miller Brewery's first test lab for Miller Lite. Oh, wow. Miller Lite. Yeah. She met John, her husband, and Mary Kay's father at Marquette University graduation party in the 1950s. She was also considered the West Coast Phyllis Schlafly. Which, what? if you guys don't know who Phyllis Schlafly is, I Phyllis Schlafly is like this huge, like conservative woman. She was actually one of the main women who was responsible for like kind of moving women into the Republican Party because she was just very much like women deserve have to be at home. You know, she's also anti-abortion, anti like so she was oh, just anti-feminism. She, I think I just saw her on something because they were I I watched this thing about the um. 
like the the Equal Rights Act. Yeah, last was week that tonight. her? I think that it was, was on last week tonight. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah, she that woman's the worst. Yeah. So she was sort of the woman who like spearheaded, and it was one of those things where it's kind of radical because it was like, well, a wo- if a woman believes this, then it's obviously right. real. Right. She was the one. She was like, I got permission from my husband to come and speak here tonight, oh and I love God. to say that because there's nothing I can say that makes the women's livers angrier. Yes. And everybody's like, we love you, which, and I'm like. Which, to be fair, that that is a funny statement to say that, that just to, just just to, to piss, piss off, off the women's livers because it yeah. does it would piss it would piss them off. Yeah. Uh, so so her mom was so Mary's mom was known as the West Coast version of her. yeah West Coast version. So of that her. with a tan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In the California. Accent. Yeah. So like women's rights. Hey are guys, really like so a thing. Let's just be mellow and like not work. You know, like <laughs> let's just like like I mean, what's the point of feminism anyways? It just like it makes us all ugly. That's I'm the point make surfing sand and fun. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make a separate a sister podcast to this. That's just Lori's quotes taken out of context. Oh, well, yeah. it's like my favorite thing. You have a whole collection. Oh, I'm very oh, excited to have access to the whole library. Yeah. So after her husband political so uh her husband's had a political career which we'll get into after it ended she joined dixon's real estate company and made a modest fortune selling high-priced homes in high-profile locales such as the watergate complex so she's like they're like all over the map yeah in almost every scandal so her father john g schmitz um it's said in many interviews or articles about him that he called Mary cake, which to me just creeps me out. I don't know why. I just think that's Yeah, he really called cake. her cake? Yeah. That's a weird one. His cake. wife or Mary Kay? No, Mary Kay. He called her cake. Hmm. I wonder how that came about. Like, how do you get that nickname in your family? Maybe like... You're real layered? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Her dad was very observant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was a community college professor, a national director of the John Birch Society, which is a advocacy group supporting anti-communism and limited government, known as a far-right radical group. A retired Marine colonel taught other officers the dangers of communism. So that used to be a thing, where they would hire people people to teach you the dangers of communism yeah 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 made headlines when he stopped a man stabbing a woman with just his voice the woman died so didn't really stop him uh just kind of so many questions <laughs> yeah, yeah wait he stopped he he goes hey you there stop stabbing that woman and the guy finished stabbing the woman and then stopped the woman was dead you know oh. i think once the woman's dead you don't have to keep stabbing and him. he made the headline it was like <laughs> it was way like, easier back man then to make saves the woman I was just gonna say man saves dead woman from further stabbing <laughs> like, <laughs> you know so he's a hero <laughs> sadly this incident launched his political career sadly, and when, huh? when mary Kay was two her father began his political career and successfully ran as a Republican for a seat in the state legislature. Schmitz had support of wealthy conservatives such as hamburger magnate Carl Karcher, supporting goods heir Willard Voigt, San Juan Capistrano rancher Tom Rogers, which I only put that in because I didn't know San Juan Capistrano had ranches. Me neither. So. <laughs> that it only had a mission. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. mission to ranch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's what we didn't, maybe it was just a slogan. Yeah. We didn't realize that it was a, just a slogan. <laughs> he became a legislator because he yelled at a guy to stop killing a woman and the guy didn't. 
but also it's like he didn't stop like it, that's that, what i'm saying I he know. didn't stop from yeah. anything he didn't stop her from dying he did nothing so he was so essentially like, Get, make that man a legislator <laughs> yeah he's uh he knows what's for this is like when men were praised for every little thing they did it yeah. sounds like now? which is what yesterday yeah. like the Up until sick yesterday. burn yeah sick, <laughs> sick man burn yeah yeah take that guys uh congressman james b ute of tustin died and schmitz took over as uh or ran as a congressman so his slogan was when you're out of schmitz you're out of gear do you think that he went up to the uh, other congressman on his deathbed and was like, "You should die right now, sir!" Oh yeah, right now, and killed then- him with his voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the this is the first of two times that a man is like dying or in the hospital, and they go like, "Let's have Schmitz run." Like <laughs> it's like he essentially just like a tag in. Um, another guy uh, was uh, assassination attempt George Wallace. He was running for the, the American. Yes, the community. He was running for the American Party, which is like a super conservative party uh, candidate for president, and he was tr- he was almost assassinated. So in 1972, Schmitz ran as a candidate for president under the American Party. He didn't win, um, but he got over a million votes, which is kind of sad. That That's a lot. A million people voted for him. Um, he got in some trouble for remarks as he was a congressman and then a senator. Um, for example, one of his remarks about Jews was Jews are like everybody else, only I, more so. <laughs> I knew it. My next question was going to be how racist is he? Oh yeah. Trust me. Yeah. That whole family seems racist. Uh, Latinos. I may not be Hispanic, but I'm close. I'm Catholic with a mustache. Oh my God. Uh, African American, <laughs> African American. Oh, you could get a list of, of bad racist jokes from him. Yep. African Americans, Martin Luther King is a notorious liar. That's not even a joke. It's not a joke. There wasn't even these a These were all campaign line. slogans. Yeah, these are all these are all campaign. Mm-hmm. And my favorite one was Gloria all Gloria Allred. Slick Butch Lawyeress is what he used to call him. Dude, I want I would wear a shirt that I would said love that. Slick Butch Lawyer. I would love that. Yeah. I want to make a shirt and send it to Gloria Allred and be like, hey. Do you remember this? This is for you for all your hard work. Man, I would, How uh, big of a like a belly did he have did he have one of those, like imagine him like a barrel chested like he wasn't that guy. big of a guy really yeah he was he, he was actually kind of a svelte a little bit of a svelte guy he seems like that annoying dude the loudest guy in the party that is just being talked to because he is so fucking loud oh yeah he's definitely that so his career wasn't people kind of were distancing themselves from him because of these yeah because of these comments it's the same thing at a party like after a couple hours you're just like uh yeah (laughs) but get some punch (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go over here no one serves punch anymore but i'm gonna (laughs) find some i'm gonna go buy some punch put it in a bowl bring it back and then sit by the punch (laughs) um his career wasn't ruined but but people were kind of distancing themselves but his career was totaled political career was decimated because of a woman named carla stuckle of course it was a woman <laughs> old stuckle pants <laughs> <laughs> is that your yeah. joke or his joke yeah. no 
<laughs> it's my joke. <laughs> Stuckle the buckle. He got the old huckle from Stuckle. Mm-hmm. So the cops were called one day because Carla Stuckle's son had to have surgery on his penis because there was a hair tied around it. Now, uh, I guess I should have said that that son was three months old. It wasn't like a, you know, eighteen year old boy. Right. Okay. Um. So a hair tied. A hair tied around his penis. So now it was what, cutting off the circulation. Yeah, it was Wait, cutting off the God. circulation. A strand of hair or a hair tie. A hair. A hair strand of hair tied. Okay. So now wow. this kind of thing ha- I I didn't know this, but apparently this kind of thing can happen with little boys if you're not careful because stuff can get like in their penis from the diaper. Okay. Like fabrics can get wrapped around and stuff like that. So right. that's why you got to be careful about wow. that. If any of you guys are planning on having boys anytime soon, um, but the doctor called the police because the hair was tied in a bow. Which is like, how long was that hair? <laughs> Whose hair was it? Really sturdy. Yeah, really yeah, that's sturdy. Some strong hair. You it was like what? good hair. So, so court documents and interviews at the time, it was clear that Schmidt's. Oh, so sorry. Let me go backtrack. So the police go to Carla and they're like, well, who's the father? And she's like, well, I'd rather not say. And they're like, okay, well, we're taking the son, your son and we're not giving him back until you tell us who the father is. And she's like, okay, well, it's this Senator Schmitz. And so then that's, and then he admitted it. And then that's when like a whole, you know, wave came out that he had had an affair with this woman when he was a college professor and she was a student. And so, and they had had a child together and they didn't, he didn't tell his wife or any of his family members. Um, and then so, that woman tied a piece of hair around her baby's penis. So yeah. Him? Yeah. Kind of weird. So abuse. that, it was a, the, that whole scenario is weird because it's like, so this woman was like struggling. She had severe diabetes. She was struggling with diabetes. Diabetes. She had like obvious mental problems. She passes away from diabetes. Then uh, it's known that Schmitz is the father at this point, but he refuses to take custody of this child. So they have a friend who's a psychic named Joanne Dixon, who is Always. is uh, who agrees to take on the son. And then she dies, and then he just becomes a ward of the state. She should have known she was going to die. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah. should have seen it coming. Did, do we do we know? Okay, this is what's crazy. He's like, we're not even too really to marry. Caitlin Turner. No. Do do we know what happened to the baby? It's alive. He's alive. Um, he's one of the kids that I mentioned. Oh, so uh, he is one of the I, Yeah, siblings. he's John George Stuckle. He's alive. Um, I want to hear from this from this guy. Yeah, guy. I would love to know what he think, like what he thinks of all the scenarios that's going on right now. The other traumatic thing that happened. This happened before the affair. So in 1973, Mary Kay was with two of her brothers. One of them was this little boy named Philip, and another one we don't know. And she left the little boy Philip in the pool to go play with her other brother. And um, at that point, Philip dies. He drowns in the pool. And they believe, court documents believe that the affair, the father's affair started shortly after this son drowned in the pool. We don't know if that was correlated or what, but it started shortly after that. So when this all comes out, the parents separate, but then they get back together shortly after. But Mary Kay is upset that they get back together because she believes that it was a completely her mother's fault that he, that he had the affair because she kept saying that he, 
that um, when the son died, um, the mother was so distraught that she denied affection to the father. So she was like, well, you drove him to it. You drove him to sleeping with other women. That's interesting. I wonder who taught her that kind of uh, train of thought. Probably the mother. Well, and also, if that's the case, then why was she upset when the dad came back? Because she she felt like the mom wasn't doing her part. So she was like, I don't think you should. Essentially, she was like, you deserve better. Great. So. And you think her mom taught her that kind of behavior or that kind of. Because the mom, I don't, I don't think she taught it to the extent that I think Mary Kay took it to. But she was very much like women are supposed to be at home, taking care of their husbands, doing whatever their husbands want. Right. And her mom probably went into like a a real depression. Yeah. And And then Mary Kay took what her mom had taught her and took it to like the nth degree. Mm. And so. So I'm going to skip over some because there's really not a lot that we know from like her early, early years. She was on a a political commentary program called Free for All. Mary Kay was. Um, She attended Cornelia. Cornelia Connolly High School, an all-girls Catholic school in Anaheim, California. She was a cheerleader for Servite High School. She attended Arizona University, Arizona State University, um, where she met her first husband, Steve Letourneau. Um, They had four children together total. She is quoted as saying that she was not never in love with Steve. She has been quoted many times saying that he was Mr. Right now, not Mr. Right. Um, And that she only married him because of pressure from her family. Uh, The couple, when they found out that she was pregnant with their first child, the couple moved to Anchorage, Alaska, where Steve found work as a baggage handler for Alaska Airlines. And then after a year in Alaska, uh, Steve transferred to Seattle, Washington, and Mary Kay gave birth to their second child. And so she was looking for, they were looking for work because they only had his baggage handling uh, money. So she went back to school to Seattle University in 1989 and got a teaching credential and began teaching second grade at Shorewood Elementary School in the Seattle suburb of Burien. Do we know what she um, majored in before that at ASU? No. Um, she, she, they said that at certain times that she was very creative and that she loved writing and art. So the Laternos apparently suffered a, a lot of, they argued a lot in their marriage, mostly because no. from the get go, they had financial problems and also both Mary Kay and Steve cheated on each other like all the time. I mean, yeah, they like met in college. Yeah. Probably, and then they got it pregnant almost yeah, immediately. Exactly. Had a literal baggage and then he went and moved so he could handle more baggage. Yeah. yeah. He was like, I can't so handle baggage. I can't handle your baggage, so I'm gonna actually move literal baggage. Yeah, every piece of luggage was her just throwing yeah. her on the plane, <laughs> getting her out of there. So uh so a, a neighbor and friend of the family, David Gurky, who is, who is, has like interviewed a bunch of times, but he's kind of useless because he's usually just like, um, towards the end of like when he, when they ask him about like Lily Falau and, and Mary Kay, he's like, well, they, you know, they're just star-crossed lovers like Romeo and Juliet. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. He was dude. the neighbor? Yeah. He doesn't know shit. Yeah. He's just an asshole. Nosy he, neighbor that wanted attention. He's he was like, also her attorney. 
uh, at he times. was her yeah. attorney. Was he an attorney or did he just act as her attorney? <laughs> yeah, he just acts as her attorney. I'm neighbor slash attorney. Um, <laughs> that's on his, all of his, on his business cards. Do you live next to me? Are you in a legal <laughs> legal dispute? <laughs> Hire me. Uh, so he said that he had witnessed emotional and physical abuse by Steve. That Mary Kay had suffered emotional and physical abuse by Steve during the marriage and twice had to go to the hospital and police were called even though no char- no charges were f- uh, ever filed so uh steve letourneau who is her ex-husband is reportedly writing a book about the relationship his relationship with mary Kay, but has never really commented publicly on on any charges he's currently writing a book yeah that's mm. what it said uh a few months after he discovered love letters from his wife to her former student but while she was still living at home with him and their children ages four through 13 he met an alaska airlines flight attendant while vacationing in puerto vallarta and in august moved into the home he now shares with his children in anchorage so he's not a winner either like everyone here sucks yeah. so far. yeah so all right so now we're going to get to the the meat of the story. So in 1995, Mary Kay gets a promotion at Shoreward Elementary School where she is assigned to teach both fifth and sixth grade. Oh, that's a promotion. I was just going to say, it's like punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Really? As somebody who was quote unquote, quote unquote, given a promotion earlier where I got to like teach my own class, quote unquote, but then got to keep my same pay scale and was still considered an aide. I'm like, that's not really a promotion. That's just more obligations. More work. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think you have to unquote yourself now, quote unquote. Uh, so <laughs> quote. Uh, so the principal, <laughs> the principal once wrote on an evaluation: Mary Letourneau is not only a gift to Shorewood Elementary School, but a gift to the entire Highline School District. And that's not hyperbole. And I will never regret that ever. I guarantee it. No, that he didn't say that part. <laughs> <laughs> um. Real quick, where is she teaching? Where what city? Shorewood Elementary School, Seattle. Oh, she's in Seattle now, so she's yeah. out of California. Yeah, so she moved to Ala- she moved to Arizona, then she met Steve, then they moved to Alaska, then they moved to Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So at this point, they're still married. They're still when married. She got her yeah. quote unquote promotion. They don't unquote. get divorced. I mean, they're still yeah quote quote quote. Uh, they don't get divorced until like she's in jail almost. Right. So, uh, she had an instant rapport with, with, uh, students and knew how to nurture them. And all of this is just so, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I read stuff like this, uh, on the district website of the school I teach at the district I teach at. And it's like, if you just put hindsight in it, it just sounds so creepy, mm. but it's stuff like this. that yeah. you're like, Oh, that's cool that this teacher got a write up. But it's like, if you found out that teacher had sex with a bunch of students, you'd be like, <sighs> that's why I feel like now people are trying to be super vague. It's like they help students. <laughs> By helping them with work and nothing else. By being there. <laughs> By showing up. Yeah. But not too up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not too showy. And, yeah. And they show up to the classroom, that's it. Fully clothed. <laughs> it's like, that's a weird write up that I got for my school that's district. That's the whole award certificate says, <laughs> all of that. Yeah. It's just like a lot. It's like a scroll. Like, Lori cares about her students the normal and appropriate amount. <laughs> yes. No more, no less. And if it's found out that she doesn't, we have no legal <laughs> obligation to that. Um, I definitely will not regret this. Yeah, I definitely. We commend her for her work, but also don't because we don't care that much. Yeah. yeah. 
or, or they go the exact opposite. Lori reaches around and pulls the the, <laughs> <laughs> the life force of these students. She is literally the dirty Sanchez to these kids. <laughs> um, so she had the. Uh, so she had an instant rapport with the students. Um, she was quoted as saying, I made sure I gave them a choice or at the end of the, before the students left, she said she would, uh, for the day, she said, I made sure I gave them a choice of a high five handshake or a hug. H H H. I got it from a teacher at Seattle U and I did it every day with every student since my first second grade class. It was a way of touching base, ensuring contact. Do you think she had like H H H H or is like a high five, a handshake, a hug or a hand job. Yes. The, the H was for like only special students. <laughs> like, like I guarantee you one time she asked and said, do you want an H H H H? And they're like, what's the, what's the fourth H? Uh, nothing. Go away. Yeah. I don't like you that much. Uh, hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> Say a little prayer for you. I love that there's a teacher at Seattle university that's like giving college students a, like, all right, you got to either Give me a handshake, give me a high five, or hug me. It's like, oh, oh okay. man, okay. Ugh. We're grown people. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's always a man, and the only Mary Kay was the one who said, "That's inspirational." Yeah, that's great. I want to do that. I can touch every student that way. <laughs> so one of the students in her class that was familiar to her was Vili Falau, who was then 12 years old, who, because she had met him when he was in the second grade, when she taught second grade. Oh, <laughs> I was very confused yeah. for a second. Like, so now she's there? teaching fifth and sixth grade, and she had been his teacher right. in the second grade. So Vili was one of a handful of students who would become known as the teacher's pets. Oh, man, that's so sad and gross i know she knew, she knew him since he was a baby yes over the second yeah. grade so kindergarten is five so that's he's, he was seven he was seven, seven. he's seven years so, old when they met i'm just gonna do a blanket shout out mary Kay letourneau is a terrible person no i so know we don't need to like this doesn't <laughs> yes, end well we do no no <laughs> do you think that he was she was checking him out at seven years oh, old i guarantee you and being like he's gonna be hot yeah She's one of those creepy, like, women who's like, oh, you're going to grow into a special young man. Ugh. Ugh. She did? No. She should be. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Over the summer, Mary Kay and Billy continued spending much time together. They took classes together at Highline Community College and at a Seattle art store. What classes? (laughs) Like, I was trying to look for it. I was like, what? What classes? And also, like... At a community college. And he was... Okay, so he was... If I'm not mistaken, when they, if I'm remembering right, when they started seeing each other, when lines started being crossed, he was either 12 or 13. Yeah. Right. So first of all, here's bummer because he, a kid that's that age is taking community college classes. <laughs> smart. He's a smart kid. Oh yeah. And he's oh, like, I thought you were going to say he's a nerd. Well, one of well, well he's sure. definitely a nerd. But like nerd but, that probably could have made some good money and had like a good life. Well, no, one of the yeah. things we'll learn is that she globs onto students who are extremely smart and creative so i'm sure that she really picked Billy because a he was incredibly intelligent and creative and b he was like she was like oh he's a cute kid you know and she just started 
hanging out with him. He was probably extra nicer, right? Because he's yeah. a good student. So, And he came from like a poor family. So this fact that this white woman is like taking him to art classes and taking him to co- paying for things. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't and, pay for like co- community college classes when you're a kid Oh, like but that. like what community college? <laughs> like, well, they when I was 13, I took, I took Psych 101. Really? At community college. You just need to get it because you don't get a grade for it. Were you able to like manipulate the shit out of your parents? I have no comment. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Mad respect. So, Um, uh, and also like here, and if you, and I think maybe now I'd like to think that parents are a little less naive. I don't know. But if you are, um, because his his parents were immigrants, right? Yes. So if you're an immigrant parent and you come here and you have these children and you, their education is important to you and they're smart and you have a teacher that's like, I think that that he could do college classes. Yeah. I know you're working. I can take him on the weekends. Like, what a you think it's probably a godsend. It's a god. Yeah. I know? mean, we all say again, hindsight's twenty twenty. I honestly feel like, you know, you say that with every like. I watch so many murder shows, and I'm just like, why would you go back into the house if your husband said he wanted to mm-hmm. kill you? You know, or like if your husband was like sharpening knives, and it's like I think there are things where it's like you, you might think somebody might is a little like angry but you never think that they're going to go to the extent that they may go right it's like or like you say like why why didn't that person know that their neighbor was this way or something it's like well how would they know like you never think about that somebody's gonna act so it's like as a parent you go well this person's taking an interest in my son giving him opportunities that i can't give him you never once want to think or can even enter in your mind that this this woman woman is in this predatory yeah is that way wants to sleep with your child right you know so yeah it's it's heartbreaking and then uh what i like to call the biggest fucking red flag ever was mary mary Kay persuaded her husband to let villy accompany them to a family trip to alaska why that would have I could Why? see it. I could see again from the other side. Uh, it's because it's also like the whole white savior thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where her parents would have been, con- or his parents would have been convinced because it's like, oh, when else is my kid going to see Alaska? Like, right. I'm a poor working. And also, you know, like, her kids will be there and her husband's there and they're going to take him on. Exactly. Like, listen, I guess that yeah. for me too. I was saying know. more for the husband. Like, because she tells the husband, I want to take this, this kid that she's like spending all of her time with well she's probably like making it seem like a charity case to him too you know like dangerous minds kind of thing where like she's michelle pfeiffer and she can save this kid i feel like when i was a kid i don't think that i don't think that we ever had when i lived in colorado and i'd moved from texas my parents let my best friend like fly up and stay with us yeah you know and her parents like were fine with that too and like that's a i mean that's enough trust there yeah you know so not be like oh i think something's untoward is gonna happen yeah so i it's just sad All right. So January 18th, 1996, police come upon Letourneau's car with Falau in it in a marina parking lot. So they come up to this car and they immediately see Mary Kay jumping to the front seat and Falau pretending to be asleep in the back. (laughs) 
So good cover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they knock on the, they roll down the windows. They go, Oh, what are your guys' names? They provide false names when asked for identification. And then they go, well, how old is this, is this guy? And he, and Letourneau lies and says that he is 18. Now the police officer immediately turns to, to, uh, um, Billy oh. and goes how old are you and he goes 13 <laughs> which I think is so funny because yeah. <laughs> it's just like he's a kid he can't lie yeah. you know it's just like uh, I just uh it's just it's funny and it's sad so uh Billy claims that no touching had taken place unprompted so basically that she he said like you look we I mean, it wasn't anything like she didn't force me to do anything. Right. Which is, of course, what he would say. Yeah. He's been groomed. So Letourneau claims that what happened was she and her husband had gotten into an argument and that Vili Falau, who was a family friend and had been staying the night, witnessed the argument and ran away upset. So she leaves the house to go find him. So the police are like, well, this is a weird story. So they take Mary Kay and Vili to the police station and they call Vili Falau's mother and Vili Falau or the mother says okay we'll just I guess return give have Billy go back with Letourneau because the the police did not mention that Letourneau had lied about Falau's age or had lied about their names or what they were doing in that car and she had said if she had been told any of that she would not have allowed her son to go back with Letourneau yeah so on February 25th, 1997. So after this incident of the, the, so the, nothing happens. So nothing happens. The police are suspicious. They're starting to think like maybe something might happen, but they don't really have any proof. Okay. So on February 25th, 1997, a cousin of Steve Letourneau's makes an anonymous phone call to child protective services and to the Highline school district to report that Mary Kay has had sex with a 13 year old. Ooh. Child wow. Protective Services forward the report to the police. Good so on now, that guy. yeah, the cousin of so the cousin of her husband, the cousin of her husband. So she was probably. Do you think she was showing it off? I think she at yeah at the time she was like bragging to friends that she had just met this new man and that she was in love and that all this stuff. So she was like she wasn't like giving away like his name, but it was like she's only hanging out with Vili Falau. She's only doing things with Vili Falau. She's being caught like at night in cars with Vili Falau and she's saying that she's having like incredible sex with this young man you know it's like Ugh. people are trying to put but two she's and two still together. with her husband too she's still with her husband but they cheat on each other all but the they time cheat on right? each other so, all the time so it's like normal and talk. it was said that like at the time when when uh when steve letourneau finds these love letters remember i read that earlier that he yeah. just immediately goes off and finds like a, a airline stewardess and they just shack up so, so he's the, just like, all right, I'm 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 moving on. And he takes the kids, right? He takes the kids. All but that's them? after when, that's when he, uh, after she's arrested. Oh, He I takes see. the kids. I see. So Mary Kay pleads guilty to two counts of felony second degree rape. So while awaiting sentencing, she gives birth to Falau's first child in May 1997. Whoa. And this is the crazy part, because I don't know, Amanda, if you want to. Uh, about this but there for a while there was a thing where it was like well maybe they didn't 
Maybe it's just like a, it was like, I remember it was like this unrequited this love like, thing. Maybe it's, it's just, it's like, it's certainly inappropriate, but had any lines been crossed? Yes. Maybe not. If they had, then like maybe not the line. Yeah. And this whole thing. And then she's like super preggers. <laughs> she's super pregnant. And then the kid comes out like olive skinned. And this yeah. is in the middle of her trial. And this yeah. is while she she's like awaiting in, sensing. She was being held in prison. Yeah. And they're like, we got to get some doctors. So then they here. were like, well, obviously this is. Billy Falau's kit. So that's when she decides to take a plea agreement and gets six She's months like, in you jail. You got me. Yeah. Uh, oopsie daisies. Also, second degree rape. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, like, again, this will come up a lot, but I, she's a woman. One right? of the things is she's a woman. And also, again, one of the things I, I, I guess I, I thought I put it in this, but the way that this all started, that she claims it all started, was that he had told his friends that he was like, I really like Miss Letourneau. I think she likes me. I think I could have sex with her. So then he, the guys were like, no, that's not true. And he's like, yeah, 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 it is true. And so he hang, starts hanging out with her more to kind of prove to the guys that like she's into him and then he claims he totally forgot about the bet and just started falling in love with her but then it's like the like sort of like the the police and like the this whole like thing kind of wraps around where they say like well then he was the one who pursued like her quest. Yeah. Like, he yeah. was the one who, she had no hope. She was in a, a abusive, loveless marriage. So she, I mean, she was cornered. She had no choice, but to have sex with a 13 year old boy. Oh, my and it's God. like, what the hell? So yeah, it's just, it's insane. The levels that people went to, to like justify, it. justify yeah, it's it. all justification. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So she took a, a plea agreement for six months in jail with three months suspended and no contact with, with Vili Falau for life. Does the um does, did the baby go to Vinny? The baby went to Vili Falau's mother. Mother. Okay. But so she's like, oh man, three months. That's so that's what she wound up was like supposed to serve. Yeah. It was suspended. But but she wasn't, and then she also wasn't required to register as a sex offender. Mm-hmm. So if she had what? gotten all this out, she would have only done so six months. She got out in three months. She would have uh she would have just had like she just had to not contact this kid at all and would get and would still be able to teach. Right. Would still be able to teach in the school district. Because she didn't. But she she would still. Sex offender. Yeah. If she wasn't a sex offender, she'd still be able to teach in school districts. Okay. So she gets out. Right. So everything's like you got the sweetest deal ever for being a freaking child molester. Yes. I'm sure there are men in prison who are like, come on. Like, you know, like they're like kicking themselves if they're not a female. There are people that have been arrested and have to be on the sex offenders list for pissing in a playground yeah it, yeah or just pissing like if you're pissing like in public or if you're yeah. like oh i can't like oh man i really need to piss and you piss and then a cop car pulls up you can be arrested for indecent exposure yeah. and put on the sex offender list yes. oh i didn't know that yeah. Yeah. that's crazy 100 yeah. yeah so so she's out right on February 3rd, 1998, two weeks after completing her jail sentence, Letourneau was found in a car with Vili Falau near her home. I remember that. Letourneau initially that. said she was alone in the car. She and Falau <laughs> provided false names when a- asked for identification, which is like, it didn't work the first time. And what makes you think it's going to work again? And also, they're so crazy famous at yeah. that point. Yeah. And they're still in the same, they're in like the same town, right? They're, they're same still town, in Seattle. Same car. <laughs> same what'd you say marina parking 
that? Yeah, it's the outsider house. Like, like people aren't talking they, in her house. They're both wearing like Groucho Marx mustaches yeah. and noses. They got the glasses. And then the police turn to him and they're like, how old are you? And he was like, 13. Yeah. Wait. So, <laughs> so Falau told detectives, hey, it's not that bad. He and Laterno <laughs> just kissed frequently and he touched Laterno on the thigh, but there was like no sexual intercourse. So no big deal. They said this the first time. Yeah. So there was evidence that the two had met several times since Letourneau's release from jail on January 2nd. So they found evidence. It doesn't say exactly what, but they basically were like, okay, so since you got out of jail, you've been contacting this kid. She was arrested and police found $6,200 in cash, baby clothes, and her passport inside the car. They also found receipts for $850 in purchases made since January 20th for men's and young men's clothing and infant wear were found. Letourneau goes oh well that's just money for dermatology treatments and for her divorce lawyer <laughs> who's dermatology treatments uh he's, he's, got, he's, got no, he's gone through puberty he's gone through puberty uh so how old is he at this point he 13 14 15 15 oh, i guess by the time she's been sentenced, it was, everything yeah so uh so she also says that the men's clothes were gifts for relatives and for herself since she enjoyed wearing oversized men's clothing <sighs> So that because of that, the judge, this new judge who I love, who if you have a chance, anybody who's listening to this, go on YouTube and look up this judge who rails her. And it's so funny because it's like she's this like bossy Asian woman who's like just like it takes no shit. Do you have her and, name? Oh, I forgot her name. But she like basically like calls out uh Laterno and you could tell Laterno's just standing there looking like abashed like I don't know what I did wrong. She's like shocked. Yeah. She's shocked that anybody hates her. She's like I don't know, I don't know what I did wrong. Wow. So Laterno was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison for Good. violating the terms of her probation. So in October 1998 while serving her second stint in jail Laterno gives birth to her second daughter from no. Villa yeah. No. Yep. No. That same year Letourneau and Falau co-author a book which was published in France oh. called Only One Crime of Love the French Un seul crime la, l'amour yes. I remember Arrested Development yep yes. <laughs> the, yes. the cousin's yes. room yeah. <laughs> so in 1999 a second book appeared this one published in the United States but written with only minimal cooperation from her and none from Falau if loving you is wrong and so in that they in that book they claim that Vili Falau says that they had sex three hundred to four hundred times. That's disgusting. Yeah. So she was in prison from 1998 to 2004. While in prison for child rape in May 1999, she divorced her husband and he gained custody of their four children. So she was in prison. <laughs> this wasn't when she like went to jail the first time and got out. This is like the says like you know fool me once shame yeah. on me. <laughs> fool me twice shame on me. I'm divorced. We're getting divorced. Another crazy way to look at that is that it takes longer. It took longer probably for the legal system to process her divorce than it did for her to pay her oh my God. child I rape sentence. I didn't think about that. That is true. hilarious. Isn't that crazy? That's well, probably it why. It to divorce somebody. Oh, that's hilarious. And she was in and out of jail in three months. Yeah. 
So (laughs) during her imprisonment, Laterna was allowed visits from her children, but was denied permission to attend her father's funeral. So her father passes away from cancer and she's not allowed to attend his funeral. So while in prison, Laterna tutored fellow inmates, created audio books for blind readers, participated in the prison choir and rarely miss mass because of her notoriety. Laterna was unpopular with other inmates. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Sassed guards and balked at work and report reportedly as punishment for this spent 18 of her first 24 months in solitary confinement. Whoa. In one instance, Laterna endured six months in solitary when letters she tried to send to flower intercepted. Mary Kay underwent a series of court-ordered psychiatric examinations from Dr. Julia Moore, found that Mary Kay had extreme mood swings and diagnosed her suffering from bipolar disorder, formerly called manic depression. The doctor prescribed mood stabilizing drugs and psychotherapy. This isn't, I found the only reason I'm quoting this is I think this is interesting that what Dr. Moore says is that, that basically she had a neurobiological illness and her symptoms are classic, barely sleeping. Her thoughts go a hundred miles a minute. She needs different pieces of paper to arrange her thoughts when she's talking. She's distractible and in her hypersexual state, she takes enormous risks such as having sex with six, with a sixth grader. For a patient like this, Dr. Moore says, morality is going to begin with a pill. Moore and other members of Letourneau's defense team believe that any number of traumas may have set off her mental illness. Was this diagnosis before or after... Uh, or during her stint in jail. This was during her stint in jail. The second time. This was the second time. They were trying to like repeal it saying like, look, she obviously has mental problems. Right. Like she doesn't, she can't control her actions. I wonder um, how much of her mental um, problems came from being in solitary for 18 months. I I think that that's part of it, right? It's like the, if you're, it's like those things like it wasn't crazy when he went into prison, but he was crazy when he came out because yeah. of all the solitary stuff. Yeah. But it also drives me so crazy when they're like, see, she couldn't control herself because she had this like mental illness because I think that it, it puts mental illness in such a bad light, you know? Yeah. Right. That's well, that's what they irritated like no. with pedophiles. That's what they say that it's an illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so if yeah, but the, if it's in that box, I guess it is irritating in a sense. But alcoholism is an illness. Like drug abuse is an illness. Right. You know, it's yeah. still illegal to do to like, you know, punch somebody when you're when you're uh, drunk. You know, it's like you still have to tend to your illness. Right. You can't. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't necessarily. I hate the term. Um, what they say? Hypersexualism. Hyper. Yeah. Hypersexual. I mean, yeah. that's one of those things where it's like it's it's not even necessarily hypersexual. It's like hyper hyper responsive where you just need you need content. You need like a, a stimulus, hyper stimuli. Right. So you need any kind of stimuli. So like a lot of manic depressives become or uh, bipolar disorder pe- uh, people who suffer from bipolar disorder become drug addicts because they mm. need that like constant stimuli. I just feel like in the context of her, I'm not saying it's not a real thing. But in the context of her, it's up there with calling her hysteric. Oh, yeah. You know, where they're just using it as an excuse for her behavior. It's like she can't help herself. Well, again, I mean, look at look. Yeah, you're exactly right. Again, look at it like they're viewing her as the victim, whereas Billy Falau is sort of just like somebody who was there. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So in 2002, Falau's family sued the Highline School District in the city of Des Moines, Washington, for emotional suffering, lost wages, and the costs of rearing his two children, claiming the school and the Des Moines Police Department had failed to protect him from Letourneau. Following a 10-week trial, no damages were awarded. Attorney uh, Ann Bremner represented the Des Moines Police Department and lawyer Michael Patterson represented the Highline School District. Letourneau was released to a community placement program on August 4, 2004 and registered the following day with the King County Sheriff's Office as a level two sex offender. After Letourneau's release from prison in 2004, Falau, then age 21, persuaded the court to reverse the no contact order against Letourneau. And then I don't know if you remember this, Amanda, but I remember that where they were like, what are they going to do? Are they going to are they going to meet up? How are they? Because they had the no contact order. I don't. Yeah, I, I remembered it. Be, I don't remember the no contact order specifically, but I do remember it being like a big like, will they won't they? Because there was this whole there was an interview with her where she was like, well, I still love him. And, you know, I just I can't wait to see him when I'm out of here. And like, and I hope that I can do that. And I do remember that, like there being an interview with her, I think, still in her job jumpsuit and stuff and then uh i remember that interview that i think you'd played a little piece of it before we started yeah that one was more recent but i remember the first barbara walters interview as well this this is the most recent thing right this is yeah so i just remember that and i also again sadly remember that uh Vili falau and his mother were the ones who kind of petitioned the court to have the um no contact order taken down mm-hmm. and this was sort of used as again proof saying like look billy falau is not a victim he obviously wants to be with her they're obviously in love you know age their age has no limits sort of thing and it's just like women fall in love with the rapists you know it's like yeah. that whole stockholm syndrome thing exactly. it's like also this man was he was shown he he was essentially his his youth was taken away from him he was groomed yeah from being yeah. from seven years old to, to yeah. love this woman and only be dedicated to this one woman yeah and so it's just like he is a victim no matter what absolutely happens. and he doesn't even know that yeah so that's why i feel like he goes back and forth between like suing the county and then and then yeah. yeah and the mom too the mom like will go back and forth between like suing the county and then petitioning and helping because she's like I feel so bad for yeah. the mom because oh. she just wants to see her kid happy yeah and he's fucked up for forever now he's well, now so she's fu- raising these two other babies yeah because uh-huh. she has the kid she had yeah. the kids for so the the no contact orders lifted which in my opinion was the worst thing i don't know why the judge did that so they marry because they would have uh, been in contact either way well i I understand it by that because by that point they're a, he's a legal adult he can like make adult. that decision yeah. yeah but if you look at it from like a, a, if you look at it again from the perspective of like if this was a man and a man had sexually assaulted a woman and groomed her since the age of seven there's no way even if she was an adult that a judge would lift a no contact you're absolutely I actually, right I actually don't agree with that really no I don't I'm not saying it's morally right no I know but I you're think saying that the it's judge manipulative would? but I think that if a like if a woman if the if the victim petitioned the court and was like i i want this lifted and i want him in my life and by that point they're like well you're a legal adult we can't you know we don't have the authority to tell you who you you can and cannot 
associate with. It's yeah, like a, it's like a restraining order. You can get a restraining order lifted. Yeah, but I would. I, I mean, disagree. But I can see what you're saying. But I think it's that also they would- a very gray area because that we don't know um, if like she she obviously kept in contact with him through letters and stuff. And those are ways that you can keep on like keep your victim mm-hmm. in check is just to keep them mentally wrangled in. No, I don't think it's right by any means. I'm I saying, just, yeah, I just don't know. No, I'm saying we don't know where, um, where it was his decision or any victim's decision becomes their own decision mm-hmm. versus what their abuser is telling them they should do. Sure. But I think that if you don't have, if you have your own power of attorney, like if his mother had power of attorney over him and said he does not you know he knows not what he does basically she's manipulating him still then they could uphold that but if he has his own power of attorney and his own rights then if he's petitioning as a 21 year old and she his you know everybody's his mother's also petitioning and she's mothered these children that's the like, worst part there's no getting away forever just, yeah. no there is not yeah there's none of it that's and I true. Think even if they wanted to unless they could prove now the only thing that they could say is that she's a sex offender she can't have uh she can't have access to her children right you know like the, that, that's yeah. the argument yeah but like i just like legally if i were a judge i'd be pissed because i'd yeah. be like I, i'd want to say no but i don't know if legally you're, you're able to yeah that. that's true yeah i think that he should have been britney spears and her mom his mom should have conservatorship i still think (laughs) i still think there what there could have been a way but i agree that i think maybe i think maybe the only way that i'm thinking of is maybe that again like power of attorney situation like Mm -hmm. if the mom had argued against it and Mm -hmm. said like my son obviously is in the right frame of mind but then again he's an adult so you know um so laterna falau married on may 20th 2005 in the city of woodenville washington in a ceremony at the columbia winery an exclusive act Access to the wedding was given to the television show Entertainment Tonight mm-hmm. and photographs Whoa. were released through other media outlets. That's what I remember. And that's that's specifically what I remember because they basically made a deal with Entertainment Tonight. They could cover the wedding and they paid for the wedding, basically. Well, see, they, they got, claim they, they got they claim they did not pay for the wedding. But, but see, they did get paid for all of that stuff. But though. see, that's the shady shit that I hate with these kinds of shows is they're always like, we never pay for interviews. But it's like, yeah, you guys yeah, do. You, do. you just yeah, figure you out do. ways to not to not actually well it's just like, an nda and yeah you right. just say whatever you want uh-huh. so um they but they do it through parent companies it's yeah. like oh yeah it's yeah. like they don't like let's say they didn't pay for the they go we didn't pay for the wedding but maybe like if somebody called like a wedding venue was like hey can you give these guys can you can you give these guys stuff for free for promotion you know it's just like that's how they yeah. do it or just like you said just some other llc like yeah. doing business as and then they technically didn't pay for the wedding yeah but this was a whole to do i remember so her brother timmy gave her away her two daughters audrey eight and georgia seven were flower girls mary claire which was one of um mary Kay's daughters from her marriage with steve was her maid of honor and uh letourneau said after the wedding that she planned to have another child and return to teaching the teaching profession and she indica- could still teach yeah and she's well she said that she by law she can only teach at private schools and community colleges which is like oh darn it um but yeah what do you remember about the wedding amanda uh i remember mostly just like this wedding brought to you by entertainment tonight like i remember that yeah the the girls were there i remember him having like 
ugly facial hair. It was almost like he was trying to look older. Of course. Yes. That's something that I, re- that I remember like when that also was like, ah, oh, he looks like he's trying really hard to look older. Um, he looked uncomfortable. And he was just, he was a young kid at the time too. He was in his yeah. like early twenties. He, he was 21 when they petitioned the court. So I remember distinctly they did an interview where like Mary Kay was like, well, he's the man of the house. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I, I wonder if Vinny got any therapy because it was the nineties and therapy was even more under the radar than it is now. And he was a guy. I hope so now. No, but I mean, he back, even back then when it initially happened it. and she was initially convicted, yeah, I don't think he that I mean who knows, but maybe he didn't get any therapy. Wasn't that right around the time of the first Barbara Walters interview? Yes. Okay. So I remember them kind of in tandem. Like okay. that I remember them like that interview and then maybe them showing footage from the wedding. Cause the NDA had just been lifted and then they were like dating. The do not contact. You mean? The, yeah, the do not. Sorry, the do not contact had just been lifted, and then they were like dating, and it was like this whole thing, and then they pretty quickly got engaged. Very, yeah, very, quickly. and got and got married. Mm-hmm. Um, so Was, uh, Maria Menounos at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't know. She they were or interviewed. Mario Lopez. Oh, I wish they were interviewed by an ET reporter, Jan Carl. And this was a sad uh, question. Carl asked Billy, when you look in Mary's eyes, what do you see? And Billy replied, I see my youth. I see heaven. Oh, man, that really that really, really was sad. like, whew, that that is just awful. So in April 28th, 2006, Billy was found guilty of drunk driving. So. That I just mentioned that because it's obviously showing that he's de- he's still de- he was dealing was with issues. Uh, Two thousand six, a year, yeah, and after. he was like DJing, yeah, and so, stuff, right? During well, so during an inside dish after that. Uh, during they didn't they basically how they made money was off their fame mm. so they would do interviews and tv interviews and magazine interviews and they did an inside edition interview one time where falau got really upset and he was like i'm not a victim i'm not ashamed of being a father i'm not ashamed of being in love with mary Kay," which kind of reminds me of the the quote from previously when Mary Kay was talking about being molested by mm. an older brother where she was just like, I, you know, I let it happen until I didn't want it to happen. And I feel like Vili Falau kind of had the same right. quote. So, um, yeah. So one in one interview, Mary even says that the marriage is structured along traditional gender lines. He is the master of the house. He can be strict or sensitive. Uh, in 2009, Billy and Mary Kay hosted Hot for Teacher Evenings at a Seattle bar called the Fuel Sports Eats and Beats. Mary Kay... Oh, that's a terrible name for a bar. Mary Kay acted as a hostess, greeting people as they entered the bar. Billy DJed under the moniker DJ Headline. Um, that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> he could do worse. Yeah. It's, at least it's not like, DC Ass Grabber or something. Yeah. Like DJ, DJ Teacher's Pet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also at a, another Seattle bar called Dante's, Billy worked as a DJ and Mary Kay danced. She was attired as Max from Maurice Sendak's classic children's story, Where the Wild Things Are. How Dressed old in is a she furry white wolf costume, sporting a lei around her neck and sometimes a paper crown on her head. Mary Kay posed with Dante's customers. How old is she at this point? Uh, she was 34 when it when this whole thing broke out. It's weird. She acts like a kid, too. She does. I mean, if you look at interviews and stuff, she's mentally like almost the same. 
as as Vili Falau. I would wow. even say so at he's, some points he he's seems like older. very reserved. Yeah. And and he didn't seem to the interviews I'd seen with him, he doesn't like offer up a lot of information. He kind of has to be asked and she's the one then she's sitting very close to him and usually she's handsy. Not like gro- like if you didn't know them, you wouldn't think she was like being gross handsy, but like right. very much always having contact with him and um and he usually just like lets her answer everything. Yeah. And then Ugh. they're like, Hey, Billy, like, what do you think right. about this? And he's like, I don't know. He'll usually just give like one word answers mm-hmm. or something. Oh, and that's so sad. In 2010, Mary Kate and Steve Letourneau became grandparents when their oldest son had a daughter. On May 9th, 2017, after almost 12 years of marriage, Falau filed for separation from from Letourneau. When? Uh, May 9th, 2017. 17. Uh, as of... Tw- April 2018, Billy was working at a home improvement store and as a professional DJ, and Mary Kay was working as a legal assistant. She was quoted as saying, I know the court rules because I was in solitary confinement and had to memorize them. Which I don't see how those two correlate, but... She can only read. if they bring her books. Oh, yeah. okay. So she... Read, oh. And then it's also... I don't know when, when this part is, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. So one thing about me is I like tattoos, and I think tattoo artists are cool, and I just like that. And Vili Flau is, is... He from all the articles I read said he's a very creative, very artistic person. And I guess apparently at some point, I don't know if it's now or or in the past, he he said he wanted to be a tattoo artist Mm -hmm. and he used to practice on himself and, uh, grapefruits. She has stifled all creativity for him. Mm -hmm. He will never be a tattoo artist. He will never be anything more than the DJ because of her. He's ditched her now. So that's, but, but, but just within like the last 18 months. Yeah. So Vinny, I hope you, I hope you do become November all 20, 2018 the couple reconciled right no but then about that. Yeah. February 14th 2019 Valentine's Day Vili Falau moved to private arbitration which signaled the end of their marriage mm-hmm. private so arbitration which means he's filing for divorce mm-hmm. but okay. he wants to do it in a private way oh, which oh, I, gar- I guarantee you really like cuts her off at the knees she's like not private that yeah. bitch is probably still trying to get him back oh yeah so she, she can like calm her own yeah I, that's what i remember they were like separated and then they yeah and i i was going through and like reading i was like oh good they separated and then it was like they reconciled and i was like uh, Fuck. and then the last ones that i saw were that he was had filed for divorce i hope but, against I like, hope that he can just find some kind of solace i just i really too. well that's that second Barbara Walters interview I remember watching just because it was just a couple years ago and yeah because it was like a 10 it wasn't like a 10 year anniversary right yeah she's bonkers but it's very striking and she talked about this like how they're I mean they've got beautiful children yeah like their girls are beautiful right and um seem and Barbara Walters was like I was kind of shocked at how well adjusted they seemed basically I hadn't heard anything about her like you said she became a grandmother I haven't heard anything about her other kids but it struck me a lot in that more recent interview years ago when I watched it like more in real time because it was very much like okay well you know Billy, you know, or really like, how do you, you know, do you any regrets and this and that? And, and she would like jump in for him and answer. Yeah. Yeah. Of course she would. And things that she was like, you know, no, I absolutely, everything's amazing. Everything's perfect. It's led us to here. And he was kind of like, 
Sure. Yeah. Some regrets. And, you know, and this is sort of and Barbara Walters asked, like, well, what would happen if your daughters came home and had been sleeping with their teacher? Because one of his one of their daughters, like right around the same age. And he was just like, oh, he's like, I don't really want to think about that type thing. Yeah. Right. And she was like, well, you know, like we explained that's inappropriate. And it was like a different time. And what a monster. Yeah, yeah. It's just all of these things. And yeah, just, she just has no sense of she's a sociopath. She has no sense of right or wrong. She yeah. has no sense of like what her actions have led to. Because in her mind, they were in love like the yeah. whole time they were in love. That was just it's just a story about her finding love mm-hmm. in an unusual place mm-hmm. uh she has six kids audrey falau georgia falau steve Laterno jr mary clay mary claire Laterno, jacqueline Laterno, and nicholas Laterno. so she has six kids i want to know where these kids are man. and you have a clip of the oh interview? yeah so this is uh um so she um interviews mary Kay. like Barbara short, Walters. or sorry Barbara Walters interviews Mary Kay uh, shortly after the non-disclosure and like the marriage thing is happening around the same time. She interviews her and she asks her, was it worth it? And then 10 years later, they do do like a 10 year anniversary of that interview. And she asks her the same question. So this is her Mary Kay's response to both answers. And I think this will tell you like just how like... I think she just doesn't understand what's going on. Mary, was it worth it? I don't look at life that way. I do my best. So if you asked me that question, did you do your best through every situation? There were... I can say I did my best. I I did. I did do my best. Ten years later, I asked her the same question. I want to ask you what I asked you ten years ago. Was it worth it? Where I am in my life... um, Can I cut you off? Can you ask ask exactly how you asked it? (laughs) And you just reply, yes. So that's so. What did she say? She said yes the second time. She just said, "Where I'm at in my life." Yeah, that's what I thought. She was okay. trying to kind of do the same thing, and I think Vili Falau was just like, "Look, just say yes." Like, I, I mean, we're here. Yeah, okay. you know, okay. like just say yes. And so I think, um, but I just, I just for, for the two reasons why I think that that clip is so weird. Just her childlike voice is so creepy to me. Yeah. And then also just the first part is just like, you can tell she just can't even get the words out. Like she's trying to say, um, you know, like, I feel like I did the best I can, but she knows that she didn't, but she can't like her. It's like her brain's fighting against her. It's also Barbara Walters will like make you tell the truth. Yeah. Because it's Barbara Walters. Oh my God. So this is i was just looking up because i'm like really curious about these kiddos and um says he didn't really this was like when they split like when it when steve letourneau kind of found out about the split he got remarried had more kids and he doesn't really comment on this ever um he's in alaska and but it says that uh his kids with letourneau slowly ran to her life since her release from prison nearly 13 years ago um they also got to know their half sisters audrey and georgia 
And um, it says that one of Letourneau's daughters, Mary Claire, so her daughter was Steve, was her maid of honor at her nuptials with Flau. Yeah. Uh, and Stephen Jr., who's not much younger than Flau, later asked to move in with Letourneau while Jacqueline and Nicholas began visiting her regularly. So I don't know if he did move in, but... They asked, which I'm like, dude, what's your what's your family life in Alaska that you like? Got to yeah. move into this shit show, and um, well, it's Alaska. She's I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So. She said, if I had known a year ago how all of them are together in my life now, I would have cried. He says, Falau, so Vili said that there were some complications between him and his stepchildren. Nearly a decade later, however, he said things were easier. He said, it's an awkward feeling for sure in that interview, 2015, with Barbara Walters, to be close in age with someone who's technically your stepson or stepdaughter, but we have a good relationship now. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's I just hope everybody, except for Mary Kay, is like just has like a, a happy life somebody should take away her uh, pink pearl car <laughs> she doesn't deserve it i don't care how many cosmetics she sold <laughs> so that was bloody podcast cadillac. guys yeah the pink cadillac that's gotta take it. that pink cadillac away so, pearl cadillac we're ending the podcast now i know so that, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for ending on a good note um so that was mary Kay letourneau amanda do you have any uh Thing you like to plug anything you want to um, get out there yeah so i also host a podcast it's called the novice and frank it's a comic book podcast we've got a ton of we're not producing new episodes right now because i'm like redesigning all of our branding and stuff uh but we have a bunch of old episodes on there and they're pretty fun they're timeless you might say right? it's cool. great so, it's great it's it's you. also good because it's like again i'll say this if you're uh if you're into comic books if you're not into comic books i am not into comic books and it's still a fun listen thank you i appreciate so, that nice so yeah i'm doing that and uh i'm in production i'm a production manager for a show uh that'll be airing next year called crossing swords on hulu Woo-hoo. it's a stop motion animated Ooh. show and it's a new series so please watch that it's it wow, looks like it's for kids motion. yeah it's cool it's really cool but it looks like it's for kids um don't be fooled it has got very adult humor in it we got a lot of naked puppets running around uh Good. on screen so just uh before warned before that's you what like i like to watch you. in my shows yeah. is naked puppets great yeah, thank you for the plug. <laughs> All right, uh, Maria, do you have anything you like to plug? No, just uh, follow everything at, at Bloody Podcast. All right, guys, thank you so much. Have a great day.